What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Burgundy Boss here with another episode of the Burgundy Boss Podcast. And this is not a fun episode to do. Um, Last night was very underwhelming for me. Uh, I was extremely excited going into the last game. And the game against Philly, you know, even with us running Garrett Gilbert out there, I, I mean, part of me asked myself, why? Why were you excited? This is the same Washington team that, that lets you down every year, that gets your hopes up. And, you know, even during this game, and, and I'll share some of my notes with y'all so you can kind of understand, but even in this game, you know, I I told my wife, I said, man, we went up 10 nothing, and I said, I'm trying to stay level-headed. I'm trying not to get too up because – Seems like every time I get hype and I get excited, the team lets me down. It, it Something happens. We have a complete collapse, and it's a mess. It's always a mess. Uh, but, you know, welcome to being a Washington fan under 30 who has never seen success. So, with that being said, let's get into this. So, Philly goes on that first drive. They're driving down the field, and then that freak play happens where the ball, Dallas Goddard's got it. He's wide open. He's getting ready to turn and run up the field with nothing but green grass in front of him. And he just tries to run before he catches it. He doesn't look the ball in, and so he drops the ball. I I thought it hit the ground, you know, watching it live on TV, but that was clearly not the case. Um, they showed the replay. They showed it pop up off his heel. Landon Collins, with great awareness, just hauls the ball in, and he's ready to run it back. He's ready to take it to the house. And my note after that first Landon Collins or that first drive of the game, where Landon ended it with that pick, was Landon Collins is a Pro Bowler. And in quotes, I wrote, "Best play of his career," and. Maybe that's like a hot take or whatever, you know, because I know he he played really well that last year he was in uh, New York with the Giants. So maybe it's not the best play of his career, but it's definitely the best he's played as a Washington football team member. That's guaranteed because there were stretches, you know, earlier in this season even when they were talking about, you know, we're not going to convert him to linebacker. And, you know, he said in the offseason that he didn't want to be converted to linebacker that you know if we got to cut him we got to cut him in the off season you know ride him out the rest of the year uh you know make sure that we we can get what we can get out of him and get rid of him because if he's not willing to play linebacker then what are we here doing because he's horrible in coverage you know they tried to play him in these deep zones and and he's just not good at it he's not a coverage safety he's not a center fielder Earl Thomas Jesse Bates Justin Simmons, you know, that just takes the middle of the field away and can run sideline to sideline. But what he can do is play like a Cam Chancellor, like a Jamal Adams, where he plays down in the box. He's a run stuffer. And guys are scared to run across the middle because they're going to get hit by Landon Collins. And right now, I mean, he's, he's playing the best ball that I've ever seen him play. And I didn't really watch him as a giant. So I really can't say whether he was better then or better now, you know. So 
anyway, so we go on offense and we start running the ball. And I'm like, yes, this is, yes, this is how we're going to win this game. Run the ball, give it to Gibson, punch it in, let's go. And so we go down, we score that touchdown. Uh, Gibson dives it in. And I'm like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. We go up 7 nothing, and then they Philly goes back on offense. You know, they uh they have the the fumble, and so we get we're back in the red zone again. Unfortunately, that drive ends in three. So we go up 10-0 at that point, and I am hype. I am I'm in the wife's face. I'm like, let's effing go. Like, nobody is about to stop us today. We're about to run through these boys. And I said, wait a minute, I gotta take a break because I have to stay level-headed in this one because I know this is about to be a roller coaster. It always is. So my next note that I have is that Goddard and Devontae Smith are Philly's only weapons. Well, boy, was I wrong. A little later in the game, I would be proved wrong. And still to this point, it's still like 10-0. And I'm like, that's their only weapon. You know, Goddard's struggling to hold on to the ball. Smith is occasionally making a play, but nothing crazy at this point. And the next note, our defense is elite. And then in quotes, I wrote, playing like it. So, boy, 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 if I could go back to that headspace I was in then, because things were about to change and I didn't even know it. Next thing you know, you get that fumble, we go down and kick the field goal, like I said. And my next note, Eagles are collapsing early second quarter. Huge run on fourth and one was brought back by a holding penalty. Basically, the note uh, indicated that Philly's collapsing. They can't get out of their own way. Every time they've had a big play to this point, either you know it's wide open and the receiver drops it like Goddard was doing early, or... You know, they had that big, long run. It was like 30-something yards or something, but it was brought back on that hold that Jordan Mailata had. And, man, if the game could have just stayed like that. But they go down, and they're able to kick a field goal. They make it 10-3. And I just I started feeling it that, you know, Washington's offense would go out there, three and out, punt the ball, play field position, play defense. And they did that a few times, and I wrote, Washington can't get comfortable. Well, they were getting real comfortable. I mean, it just – and then my next note, while later, after Philly really started to get going, Hurts started running on us. I mean, they had Miles Sanders running on us. They had Jordan Howard running on us. They were hitting us over the top with Goddard, you know, Moss and – practice squad safeties and all kinds of crazy nonsense was going on. And it's, it's, man, my next note was Eagles are doing whatever they want. And they were to this point, you know, at this point, Landon Collins has went down. I think William Jackson goes down about this time. And I mean, we are the ones that are collapsing to this point. And I just, I'm beside myself. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, we were just up 10 nothing. I'm feeling great. The bringing our own benches thing is working. And 
Then you get towards the end, and I quit making notes. I like start of the fourth quarter is when I quit making notes because I just I had given up to that point. I had gotten it in my head that we weren't going to catch them because every time we looked like we were gaining momentum, they would flip it around and put the momentum on their side. And my last note was giant running lanes for running backs. I mean, I've seen a couple clips on it today where you've got the running back running on third and two, and Jamin Davis is just completely stuck inside and he can't get off the block. And there's a you know there's a five yard wide hole for Jordan Howard to run through, and you know it's a third and two, and he gains like eight or nine on the run and. I mean, it just took the wind out of our sails. You know, we tried to come back a little bit, you know. Jonathan Allen kept us in this one a little bit, and Garrett Gilbert was really doing his best. Um, I want to kind of go look at some of the statistics from this one. So uh, we're going to hop on over. And if you look at this quarterback comparison for this one, Garrett Gilbert, 20 of 31, 194. No touches. I mean, you know, I, what what are you expecting out of a quarterback who has been with the team for four days and you just, you know, he can't know the offense. There is no way. I heard people talking last night, about, well, where's the urgency? Where's the no huddle? He doesn't know the offense. There is no huddle. I, he has no idea on these play calls. Like, he knows very basic concepts. That's it. I mean, Jalen Hurts just ate us alive. I mean, 296, a touchdown and a pick for the worst passing offense in the NFL. They were dead last coming into this game, and we gave up damn near 300 yards to them. You know, I mean, I guess in their defense, we were one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL coming into last night. So I can't really say that, you know, it, it bothers me. And the one thing, I think the one thing that's going to help us the next time we play Philly that we didn't have tonight is Cameron Curl. Cameron Curl might be the most underrated player in the National Football League. I mean, you've heard players say about it in interviews and stuff that, you know, Cam Curl is a top five safety in the NFL. And I think a lot of the stuff that he does – goes unseen and it's just it's insane what what he is like the the tight ends that he's locked down this year and the running backs that he shut down this year out of the backfield to me is just insane and he doesn't get anywhere near enough credit for it so he's he's the one I wanted to talk about Cam Curl Uh, I mean if you look at the running backs like Miles Sanders goes for a buck 30 didn't score, which I heard. I keep hearing this stat about Miles Sanders has zero touchdowns on the year, and he's gone the longest number of. Uh, he has the most carries without a touchdown, or uh, crazy stats. Like, I don't know if it's just luck or if they're scheming it like that, or or how that how it's happened. But if I'm Philly, I'm getting Miles Sanders the ball uh, in the red zone because the man, the man's good. He can score. Let him score, Philly. You know, your offense runs through him and Jalen Hurts. So, and you look on the other side, Antonio Gibson, 15 for 26 and a touchdown. I mean, just, they, you know, I always talk about 
you've got to win the trenches, you know, uh, time of possession, things like that. And we just didn't. We didn't. I mean, we at no point in this game was I like, you know what? We're winning the trenches right now. I feel good about us in the trenches. I, I don't think Keith Ishmael is a strong enough center to be a center in the National Football League. I mean, Ron Rivera uses the word finesse with him a lot, and he just, as a finesse blocker, he that means he doesn't possess the strength to be a powerful center in this league. Um, and I mean, even receiving, like Goddard, a buck 35, insane numbers for a tight end. But I said in my pregame, I said the two guys that scared me in this game are Jalen Hurts and Dallas Goddard. Those are the I said those were the guys that were going to beat us. I said if Philly wins, it's going to be because of Jalen Hurts and Dallas Goddard, Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. Now, to be fair, Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave really didn't do anything to us. They really didn't uh, affect this game. I mean, Fletcher Cox had a sack, and he was pretty good against the run, but I don't think that has any effect on, on the actual game itself. Um, they, it was Their ends were really helpful in this one, and they just their whole front didn't allow anything. So it wasn't so much the interior like I thought it would like – I thought the two of them were going to have like five sacks combined if if Philly won this. And Philly did win this, but they did it without, you know, probably their two best pass rushers. And my honorable mention for Philly was Darius Slay. Now, I don't really think he had that great of a game anyways. He got, you know, he got mossed that one time by Terry, uh, which gave Terry most of his yards. for the, I mean, Terry 51 on the day on two catches. Washington has to do a better job of getting Terry the ball and scheming Terry the ball, regardless of who else is there, you know. So, oh, boy. And I said, you know, in order for us to win this game, the keys were Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. Antonio Gibson rushed for, you just saw it, 26 yards. He did have a touchdown, but. 26 yards. He hurts his toe on that play. And Terry McLaurin had 51 yards receiving, no touchdowns. So, I mean, I don't really know what uh, what else can be done. You know, and defensively for us, I said it was going to be Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. They didn't really have – I mean, Deron Payne, you know, kind of like Fletcher Cox, kind of – he had a sack, but, I mean – the impact wasn't really there. They were running right up the middle on us. They were running right at those interior defensive linemen. And then later on, they said, well, we can run it inside and we can run it outside. I mean, uh, defensively, Montez Sweat had a pretty good game. It was a, I expected him to be a little bit rusty. He was not rusty. And he was my honorable mention for us on defense. He, he actually had a pretty solid game. So, that's the game. You know, I predicted 21-17 us. We lost. I was not that far off. I said uh, the score was 27-17. So, I was off a little bit. I didn't give Philly enough credit. Gave us too much credit. What do you say? Now, for the next part, we're going to get to our weekly awards. 
And for me this week, I'm giving I'm giving my John Riggins award. It's you know, it was really tough to find anybody on this offense worth this award. But I mean, he did have the touchdown. He I mean, he couldn't really do anything about his line not blocking for him. He played through his injury. So, you know, I kind of had to give it to him. But this week, John Riggins award goes to Antonio Gibson. And defensively, my Daryl Green award, there's a lot of guys I could have given it to, you know, because there were a few guys that had a pretty good day. And, you know, in the past, I've gave this award to Landon Collins. And Landon Collins would have been the easy answer for this one. So I decided to uh, deviate a little bit. And I was give, I'm going to give this one to William Jackson III because Devontae Smith was not a factor until William Jackson got hurt. And then he started making those sideline catches and everything else that he was doing in this game. And, you know, believe it or not, William Jackson was our highest graded player by PFF in this one. He had over an 80 score. So it's a pretty solid game by William Jackson III. I really think he's coming into his own in this game. Uh, you know, and for the not-so-great awards, Josh Doxson Award. Oh, boy. You know, this was tough because nobody really, like, ruined the game for us. But I kind of I kind of decided that I was giving this award to Ricky Sills-Jones. I saw multiple drops. You know, I know he was coming off the injury. It just – it was not a good game for Ricky Sills-Jones. You know, a lot of us think of him as, like, tight end one right now with Logan out. And Lord only knows when Logan's going to come back. But you've got – you know, I'm giving that award to Ricky Sills-Jones. And defensively. The, uh, the David Amerson Award, where I thought about changing this name to the Bakari Rambo Award, but the, uh, the David Amerson Award this week, unfortunately, I mean, I'm kind of a, a favorite of this guy, but he, he did not have a good game coming off the practice squad, trying to, you know, get a spot on the, uh, the active roster full time. I'm giving my David Amerson Award to Jeremy Reeves. Kind of similar players, you know, in the fact that they're capable of a lot of interceptions, but size kind of holds them up from time to time and, you know, awareness a little bit. Man, I thought he could have made that play against Goddard, and Goddard just sunned him. I mean, he he went up, he mossed him, and then he basically stood over him and pointed down at him after he made the catch. I was like, oh, we have got to get a free safety. I'm not saying this is where I want to go, but if we have Kyle Hamilton, no way does Kyle Hamilton let that happen. First off, Reeves is 5'11". Kyle Hamilton is like 6'4". I mean, which is, I think Goddard is 6'6 or 6'7". So I don't think think Kyle Hamilton lets that thing happen. And that's the difference when you have a center fielder free safety versus a undrafted practice squad guy who you're playing out of necessity because everybody else is hurt or in COVID protocol. 
So that's that. Um, I mean, like I said, Montez Sweat, I felt like, had a pretty good game. He had that strip sack, and that was, I mean, that was pretty key for us. Uh, I mean, other than that, just trying to think, like, John Bates is a guy who has really come into his own. And I've talked about John Bates a little bit before on this podcast, but John Bates is a guy who I really like. And he's a, he's, you know, we talk about three down linebackers and three down running backs, you know, that can be on the field every play. John Bates is a three down tight end. He can block, he can catch. I mean, that was a heck of a play. And he, he almost scored on that one. I thought he did score at first. Then they showed the replay and showed that he was down. So John Bates, I think, has a lot of potential. And John Bates might possibly be the best pick from our uh from this year's draft. So and there's I know there's a lot of fans out here talking about how Deami Brown was a waste of a pick and Benjamin St. Juice, he's got the concussions, he was good, but that's a wasted pick at this point. Uh Jamin Davis, you know. Oh, we could have we could have took so many other guys, and Jeremiah Wusukoromoa was there, and I'm not here for it. I'm here to follow the team, and I will stand by whoever they choose. I'm not going to sit here and bash the team. Oh, how dare you sign Garrett Gilbert? You know, we have Kyle Shermer. Just play Kyle Shermer. He knows the offense, but don't do that because Kyle Shermer has zero game experience. All this, I'm seeing a lot of Jamin Davis bashing today. And I, I, I get it. Like, fans, you're frustrated. You expect a first-round pick to come in. You want a first-round linebacker to come in and play like Micah Parsons is playing. Play like Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa is playing. Play like Patrick Queen, Devin White. Those are the. That's what you expect out of a first-round linebacker. I get it. This guy is different. He is a project. And a lot of fans will say, well, you don't draft a project in the first round. Well, when a project has this type of size and this type of athleticism and this type of upside that we have in Jamin Davis, those are the guys you take chances on with project picks in the first round. And I'm on the train now. Quarterback or bust. I I mean, you're not going to bring in Rodgers. You're not going to bring in Russell Wilson. A lot of fans have argued with me that, well, Russell Wilson is from the area, and they love bringing in players from the area. Blah, 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 blah. I don't want to hear any of that. Okay? They don't want to come here. They all have no trade clauses. They will only go to teams that they want to go to. So you can forget Russell Wilson. You can forget Aaron Rodgers. This team will be adding someone in the draft. The draft is where our quarterback will come. And... I've done a little bit of tape watching. I'm not the biggest Matt Corral fan. Maybe I'm a little biased being a Florida fan, and I'm a little salty that he transferred out. But, I mean, I think Sam Howell is my number one. I For this team, for this team and this team only, Sam Howell is number one. Kenny Pickett is number two. Matt Corral is number three. Uh, Malik Willis is number four. I mean, those are the guys. So I kind of went on a little bit of a, a rant there, and I apologize for that. But uh, 
Yeah, this was this was a tough one to make. I didn't want to make this one, especially after I watched that game last night. I I was like, oh man, how am I gonna make my video? Horrible, horrible day. But we're on to the next one. We take our bench, we fly it out south to Dallas, and we get to see Dallas again. I tell you what, those Eagle fans, they're loud. They won, they're loud, they're petty. They're like they're like somebody with uh with little man syndrome, you know, they pop out of nowhere when they win and they go into hiding when they lose and but when they win, they are going to be up in your face and you're going to know about it. So kind of unfortunate we have to deal with that now, but it is what it is. We got to get ready for Dallas. Dallas is coming to town and they're coming quick. Actually, they're not coming to town. We're going to Dallas. My bad. We're going to Dallas, but they're, it's coming quick. That's Sunday night. It's already Wednesday. We got Christmas coming up Saturday. Christmas Eve is Friday. That's day after tomorrow. I mean, this is it's going to be a rocky week. You know, we, we've got, we acquired a quite a few injuries in that last game. Landon Collins got hurt. William Jackson III got hurt. Uh, I seen they put out the injury report for uh, – Sunday night already, and uh, there was not not a whole lot that concerns me on that list. But I seen today that they they activated. Uh, trying to think of who it was, they activated off of the COVID list. Uh, William Bradley King, but then they had to add Cole Holcomb to the COVID list. I'm telling you guys that Cole Holcomb move that's going to be a bigger blow than we think. And probably not getting J.D. McKissick back this year. So we start talking about whether, you know, we can start talking about whether you guys want Washington to re-sign him or not. I'm in the camp that I do want to re-sign him for the right price. Not really willing to overpay for a scat back. I talked about that when Chris Thompson was here. Uh, you know, I like Chris Thompson, but, man, I'm not really willing to pay for an injury-prone scat back. Not saying that JD is injury prone. He's got a couple, but you know it, it goes in those in that same stratosphere. But uh, I'll probably be doing my Dallas preview here in the next I don't know couple of days. Probably try to get it off oof, Saturday night, maybe, maybe Sunday morning. I don't know. Tell me what you guys prefer. Uh, go ahead and uh, like this video, share it, tell your friends about it. Uh, you know, tell them you found a new up and coming YouTube channel that talks about Washington like crazy.